Sometimes I'm really proud of my timing with which I unmute Chris Ford. That's that guy up there. His name is Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter fame. My name's Sean Shaler. Thank you for joining us for The Legend of Korra, Book 3, Change, Chapter 6. This is called Old Wounds, or as we're going to discreetly, not discreetly, verbally, I don't know, we're going to refer to it as Part 2 of the Metal Clan. That's not true. We're not going to say that out loud. We're just going to chuckle about it. Chris, before we get started, how's it going? How's your week been? Uh, it's been good. Um, fun fact, Old Wounds is also the episode title of a Batman the Animated Series episode. And that's actually a really great episode. I highly recommend you guys check that out. Is it in Season 1? Because it seems no, season four. I've been watching through relatively recently. Uh, season four. It's when they re- It's after they did redesigns and stuff. Okay. Um, it's kind of about um, how Dick Grayson left uh, Batman's side as Robin and became Nightwing. That sounds really sad. Yeah, which is, uh, I love Hence the episode the because, uh, like, what what drew him over the edge? <laughs> over the edge. That's funny. Over the edge is another great episode title. And, and Batman season four, um, that's a really great episode as well. But uh, I remember all and, these titles? That's insane. <laughs> and, and old wounds. Uh, the new Robin, Tim Drake, is talking to Nightwing. He's like, "What happened to you guys? You guys are like Batman and Robin." And he's like, "People change. Like I change." And then he talked about his past. So there was one scene where Batman was like, he he chased down this criminal, right? They were somewhere, he chased down this criminal, chased him down to his house, and Batman has him, and he's like about to like, you know, beat the crap out of him. And Robin sees his son is right there, the criminal's son is right there. And Robin's like, not here, like not in front of his kid. And then Batman is still like, I'm about to beat the crap out of this if you don't tell me out of you, if you don't tell me what I want to know. Like <laughs> and uh he ends up not being crap out of him. But so they leave the guys home. And then, and this is a flashback, and Robin, Robin's like, like, I'm done with you, and so-and-so, and, or at first, Batman's like, no, you gotta follow my orders, like, you don't tell me how to handle criminals and stuff like that, and Robin's like, I'm done with you, like, you're, you're, you know, just sad and empathetic, and then Batman goes to grab his shoulder, and then Robin punches him and knocks him out, well, he doesn't, he doesn't knock him out, because he's Batman, you're not gonna <laughs> knock out Batman with a single punch. Um, but he punches Batman. So then, so Tim Nightwing and Robin, Tim Drake in the present are, are, uh, investigating something and they come across that same criminal. And, and so like Robin left Batman, Nightwing left Batman at that time thinking that Batman didn't care about anyone. You don't care about the mission, no matter how much it turned him cold and no matter how much it hardened him. Um, and then so in the present time, Nightwing, who used to be Robin, and the current Robin are investigating, and they come up to Wayne Enterprises, and this guy who was a criminal in the flashback, Batman interrogating in front of the sun, was like, Nightwing was talking to him. He's like, weren't you like a criminal? Like, and then the criminal guy's like, yeah, I was. Like, you know, five years ago, I was on the wrong path, man. I really was. And then Bruce Wayne gave me a job at Wayne Enterprises. And, you know, I've been working hard and trying to, you know, do well since then. You know, thank thank goodness for Mr. Wayne. <laughs> and so, like, Nightwing is down, like, oh, okay, so maybe he wasn't 
you know, as Harden. Like he actually ended up giving that guy a job, turning that guy's life around. But that's true rehabilitation there, Bruce Wayne. That's yeah, which that's what he's always after. Which so sometimes Twitter, like people on Twitter, like you know, they'd be like, "Oh, if, if Batman was really you know thoughtful and stuff, who uses money and wealth to actually help citizens of Gotham and stuff?" Like, pick up a comic book. You know nothing, you, you simpleton. Like, you would you would know if if. <laughs> Michael Caine if, uh, already had this discussion in Dark Knight Rises with him. Okay, we, we he does do good things, and the city relies on him yeah. for it. Okay, we like you know how much like Wayne. You know how many jobs Wayne Enterprises brings to Gotham? Like you know how much profit he doesn't make because he's just like wasting money on these passion projects. Like he's overcharging a hundred dollars a month in rent in certain neighborhood for for like a apartments. He's not making profit off of that. Get out of here with that hot take that you think is hot. It's not a hot take. Thing is, you he's see a, this every now and then. People regurgitate the same BS statement. You can just tell people don't read comics. They don't watch stuff. They just see a, a, a rich guy. And they're like, oh, if he really would do some help, he wouldn't beat up criminals. He would he would beat up the criminally insane. And well, first of all, you're talking about like people like the Joker. Like, stop being a Joker apologist. Well, I, no, guy- I think they're talking about the way that I play the games on like the PlayStation Three. Like, yeah, I unnecessarily <laughs> beat the crap out of criminally insane people. I just, I just, <laughs> I but just, my my playthrough is not canon, <laughs> you know. I just glide through. People mind their own business. I hear them having a conversation, and when they mention my name, I love just dropping in on them because they're like. Holy crap, it's the bat! And I just beat the crap out of him. Arkham City has some of the most gratifying, like, uh, hand to hand combat in, in video games. And so, yes, I will go out of my way to punish people unprompted, but <laughs> that's not <laughs> that's not evidence in this case. <laughs> Uh, anyway. well, sounds I'm only I think I've uh just started season two on my other watch through, but it's kinda it's my like uh my work watch through. So I'm literally I don't even I can't see the TV. It's behind my head because I'm working. Mm-hmm. I just get lonely in my house, I want some noise. Uh and so but so I'm like season two, episode two or three uh, in my Batman animated series watch through. But I've also been watching company. I've also been watching uh, Batman Beyond again for some mm-hmm. reason. Uh, which I've been enjoying that a lot more. Like it's different. Some people who you know love Batman animated series. A lot of people don't like Batman Beyond. Um, but I start to really like it a lot more on this rewatch I'm doing. And I feel like Terry as a character is, is more fallible than Batman because because Batman is kind of portrayed as being like like he'll be in a situation. He'll be like, oh, I meant to be in the situation, right? Like Terry's just like, oh, crap. Getting my getting my butt whooped right now. Uh, did not mean for this to happen. <laughs> a little bit of like a more slightly more relatable to the average <clears throat> human. Like you don't have to see yourself yeah. as the rich, perfect billionaire. You just have to see yourself as the yeah, kid who's, who knows him. Yeah, who's trained his body and mind. <laughs> yeah, you get <laughs> to see yourself as the understudy. So I think that gives you something. To, I've never, I've almost have no experience with Batman Beyond other than I think maybe Ooh. two different animated movies. That you had me watch, yeah. uh, but you I tend watch, to uh, I tend to shirk probably, things that happen in the future. You probably just go ahead and watch like episode one and two, mm-hmm. and then you've already seen Return of the Joker. Um, those mm-hmm. are the the biggest things you should watch. 
That's fair. What else is there? what else got going on this week? Oh, um, nothing, nothing at all. It, uh, it. Let me think about this. It will be almost October. I don't know if you, if y'all are, are Spooktober mm-hmm. fans. I like fall in general, and I like October. Kind of a Halloween. What else nice right now? And I know that Chris is a Halloween guy to some degree. You got your kids' costumes planned. I don't. I feel like they'll go as Pokemon this year. My daughter has been really into Eevee lately. And um, she should be. So I think she wants to go as some type of Eevee. I don't I don't know. I haven't thought about how to do this yet. Um, but uh, And my son tends to follow her lead on some stuff. But uh, So my daughter just did like, the nerdiest thing that I'm somewhat proud about. I tweeted this out. <clears throat> she, well, first of all, she comes to me. We're like playing basketball. She's like, Daddy, can you help me make a presentation? And I was, and I'm thinking it's about school. I'm like, um, Yeah. You're like, sure. No, Daddy only does spreadsheets. Uh, Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to get in that cell? <laughs> um, I'm like, What's this for? She's like, uh, I want to make it like a Pokemon presentation. And at first, I'm just like, Kids, I don't have time to. To tell you this, and it's not worth my time because it's not for school. But then I started thinking to myself, like, oh, okay, she's she's doing this to like make her own presentation about her own theories about Pokemon and, and Ladybug and Caviar. And it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, sure, because I'll show you later. Chris thinks and, I don't uh, have time to talk about this. Then he goes and sits down and talks about the last podcast. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so I down- she downloaded Google Slides and uh, I told her how to like save pictures offline and put them on there, which is actually, the thing is I also remembered that it's actually really easy to do these things <laughs> and that she can even pick it up. She picked it up really like before, so she downloaded Google Slides herself. She already had some texts typed in on slides. She had two slides. I'm like, holy crap, what the heck? Like, <laughs> And then so I just showed her how to download pictures and put them onto a slide. So she... She now has like a slide presentation of like theories about Ladybug and Cat Noir, about if they have crushes on each other. And then she does uh, has a theory about Eevees. So, well, not Eevee, maybe I think the stuff about Eevee, she was just doing informational stuff. But I was like, man, she's, she's, she's so much like me. Like, if that's not the cutest thing you've heard all day, we want to know what kind of life <laughs> you're leading as such precious, charming moments. Yeah, she's, she's such a geek. Such a geek. Uh, <laughs> I'm so glad that it, it's probably easier for the, you know, for us, the idea of learning a presentation was like a bit of a shell shock, but they're so in tune with digital things already, right? just in general, that it's probably much less shocking to them. <laughs> so stupidly enough, oh my gosh, I felt somewhat, you know how you look back on things, on things you do in life, and you can't yeah, yourself. Yeah, sleep over them literally every yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I remember in sixth grade, my teacher said, oh, you, you got to do like five forms of media for this presentation, for whatever your topic is about. You can either do like a presentation or you can do um, some type of diorama or a couple of different objects, things. <laughs> so okay, I heard I presentation. without thinking about community. <laughs> I know. So I heard presentation in a slideshow. So in my head, all right, well, how am I supposed to make a slideshow? Like, how am I supposed to have, like, 
sly smooth. So what I did was I made how did I even get this stupid idea? Um it wasn't stupid. The teacher ended up being I made like a little TV store. I took a soap box and I wrapped paper around it and I took a pencil in there and then the pencil would turn the pages and so like they would turn in a circular motion to where you would see like one image and then you could turn That's it and see another awesome. image. Like and a so little, I like uh, <clears throat> it's not a kaleidoscope, but the same like you you turn it and you yeah. get a different picture. I don't know where in the world I came up with this idea and thought. It wasn't anything awesome. that was, was an option. And my report was over Charles Barkley <laughs> of all people. I don't think I feel like picking Michael Jordan because that would have been like just too obvious. Too easy. I gotta so persuade I just... the people before Charles <laughs> descends into like gambling debt and horrible. <laughs> yeah. And so it was just about like his life and like college he went to and stuff and, and so like that. She was like, this was not like one of the options but you did really well. <laughs> and so anyway. I mean, that's creative uh, initiative. Uh, and for those who don't know, I know we've talked about my dog, Charlie. Charlie's full name is Charles Barkley. Uh, because Ooh, we we weirdly have an affinity for Auburn. I don't like Auburn as a school, but we have a weird affinity for Auburn athletes in this house. I'm a big fan of Frank Thomas. Not really sure why. Big fan, the hugest fan of Bo Jackson. And I know exactly why. Charles Barkley's good. There's plenty of other great Auburn athletes, too. Long story short, I don't like the school Auburn, and yet I think I secretly like Auburn. I don't know how that happened. Good choice, by the way. Way to go outside the box uh, on the non-Michael Jordan selection. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Oh, I think I only picked him because I had his jersey when he played for the Rockets. I still have it. It's in the next room over there. I'm pretty sure I can find it. Those 90s 90s Rockets jerseys, though, with the white with the red and blue accents, those are kind of sick. Yeah, with the yeah, it had like the actual rocket on yeah, it. Yeah, I always yeah. like those. Very, very sharp. Very a lot of contrast in the color. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so anyway, I don't know where we're going. No, we're I don't. Know. We're just talking about our week. Um, uh, well, this so I I don't have many updates from last week other than that. So like anniversary last week, and then we turn around. We have birthday. Heather's birthday is next week, and I do this every year where like I get through all of my good ideas uh, for the anniversary, <laughs> and then I got nothing left for birthday. Well, then you 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 got her something from Comic Con, I think, right? And then you you're like, oh, I should save this for her birthday and then or for anniversary, and then you gave it to her like immediately, two hours late, yeah, <laughs> two hours, whatever, immediately. Uh, and so and so this year, I did plan ahead enough to say, hey. Uh, for your birthday, you do like whatever you pick it. You, you and she's got some plans. She did it, and I was like, you picked a dinner, you picked the plans, whatever. And then when I give you all these anniversary presents, because I can't wait or I don't remember that I'm supposed to split them up because I'm stupid, and then it'll feel like it was on purpose. So long story short, got birthday Heather's birthday coming up this week. I think we're gonna do the escape room, which I'm really bad at. If you know me, you know that I don't like two things, and one is thinking, and the other is emotions. And so the uh, escape room violates one of those things. But um, no, looking forward to that as well. That's my week is just this emotional distress of all the holiday planning. Holiday, not really holidays, but you know what I mean. Um, well, hey, if there's if there's nothing else, let's jump into Old Wounds, which is our episode this week. Yeah. And you can tell right from that picture that it's going to be a great one. Lots of feels in this episode. 
So uh, this episode mostly takes place in uh, Xiaofu. I say Xia, I keep saying Xiaofu because that's the way Brian pronounced it in the commentary. What do um, they say in I the show like itself? Do they? Xiaofu. I feel like Xiao would have a Z-H. I think because we've seen a Xiao with a Z-H, that's my where my brain wants to see yeah. a Xiao. So, uh, but we also see we also see a May that could be a Mai, and and that's true. Yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. words are it's fiction. Yeah. Anyway, we're in Zafu, and uh, okay, so Opal and Opal Bolin, um, Opal is learning airbending, and Cora uh, is kind of teaching her some moves. Which, so I've always had this thought. I had a video idea also, like, what makes a person a master at a certain bending? In certain elements, like airbending, it's very concrete. It's like, you create a new technique, or you do some type of hours and hours of meditation. Um, like, Aang got his airbending tattoos because he cre- created the air scooter. Tenzin got his airbending tattoos because he created, like, the air wheel thing. Janora, because she was great, and also invented, like, <laughs> two or three types of different airbending and helped revitalize the new era nation. Um, other elements, it's not clear how you become a master. My understanding from, from watching the show and from doing a little bit of research on like what it takes to become like a master at, at a certain discipline of martial arts is that a master has the ability to teach others. And and so, so when we see Katara, when we see Paku, like tell Katara, like, "All right, you're going to be Aang's teacher now," and then she's like, "But I'm not, you know, teacher." And then he, at some point, he's like, "He'll have to get used to calling you Master Katara." And so, in my head, the reason why he's dubbed her Master is because she is qualified enough to teach him water bending. <clears throat> um. And, and this goes back to the whole like disciple master kind of situation, right? You know, when you know you even see Jedi, they're like master, master, some you know that type of stuff. Um, and then, so you know, other people usually when you see like martial artists call someone a master, it's it's often time in, in a student teacher kind of form. So my point is is that one could argue that Cora is a master airbender at this point. Um, granted, even she says, she's like, I can show you the basics and stuff like that. So, you know, she, she, she'll be a, a, a master light, I guess. <laughs> master but. light. Master in training. Yeah. Uh, kind of like Anakin was in, <laughs> in the Clone Wars. They did not give him the title of master, but he was... But he was still... Trained enough to teach uh, Ahsoka. He was middle management of a Jedi. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Jedi middle management, just what every every Jedi strives for. Yeah, like he had his own Padawan, but he wasn't technically a master. Um, anyway. Got messed up. Hey, Star Wars Ooh. series. Uh, what the heck is the name? Uh, Vision. Star Wars Vision. Yeah, that's out, out today. Um, as of. I mean, for today, us, it's like today or yesterday or whatever. Oh, yeah. In, Tar, yes. By the time you watch this, it'll be like last week. So maybe we'll have a chance to watch this, uh, start watching a little bit of that. I'm lying when I say I'll have a chance. I definitely <laughs> won't. But looking forward to hearing people's thoughts on that. 
It's very anime inspired. It looks like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so uh, Cora teaches Opal some air bending, and she picks up fairly well. And also, I just like this music and just the slight choreography that goes with it. Um, Bolin is wanting to learn metal bending from Suyin because he's always wanted to learn metal bending because he's he's always wanted to. Um, he always looked up to Toph and how you know, she just created a whole bending by herself. And so um, at one point, Suyin and Corey has a conversation and Suyin's like, oh, I can teach you metal bending. And then she's like, yeah, great. And so Suyin teaches Corey metal bending and she picks it up. And then, you know, Suyin, it is solidified that Aang did not learn metal bending because she says, congratulations, you're the first metal bending avatar, which we know we knew that Aang didn't. we never seen Aang metal bend before. Um, it's funny, like, a lot of people, like, in, in my Core versus Aang video, they're like, oh, well, Aang would have kept, you know, Aang, you know, he would have been, like, much stronger and stronger as an adult. For, for, first of all, I'm like, I, I don't know that. Like, I, I don't want to assume anything. I can only take... The strength isn't like Aang's mo you know like yeah. your bending strength that's not something he was ever... yeah. i'm like i can only take what we get and i and i just not and i use pretty much what the best they have from each other i don't think um, there's anything to suggest that anguish hitting the gym every day trying to master every yeah. sub and then, <laughs> element branch and then the thing is i could easily make an assumption like any could easily be like the gohan type of character who doesn't train like for fighting, like because Gohan got like a lot weaker after he from Dragon Ball Z after he reached a certain potential, a certain limit. And I could easily see Aang just being like, "Oh, hey, there's no real threats." Like he wasn't that into training, really. Like he skipped out on training a bunch of times. I just don't. Yeah, I don't think that. Was and we never see him training in the it. comics. But anyway, not not. In he could be a great avatar without being, uh, you know, the best bender of all time. That's fine. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh yeah. So she teaches Cora how to uh, metal bend, and then she um, starts to teach. Uh, starts to teach Bolin, but before that, uh, so Lin Suyin, you know, they're not getting along, especially because Suyin just. I'm sorry, especially because Lynn just like towed off um, Opal. And, uh, but Lynn has some stuff to deal with. <laughs> Lynn is not feeling well. She's like looking all exhausted and stuff. And Ai Wei recommends her an acupuncturist. So she goes to this acupuncturist who, who tells her like acupuncture can, uh, you know, certain scent clean up your chi, stuff like that. And also it will help with like repressed memories. So she has flashback to to uh, to her time training as well not training. She was like just a kind of a young recruit and uh, and with her and Opal not Opal, sorry. Her and Suyin when they were younger and they just didn't get along. Um, you know, Lin was trained to be a cop while Suyin was uh, getting into trouble. Um, kind of around a bunch of mischievous people. And so funny enough, I didn't notice in, until I was listening to the commentary, but this flashback is actually 
there's actually layers too. Like the first flashback actually takes place. Oops, sorry, I got a cough. If I was any help at all, I would have muted you for you. <laughs> no help. That would have been loud. You caught me mid gulp. What can I say? Um, so the first flashback, right? Uh, Lynn walks into the room and looks like Suya and her friends have stolen some stuff. Um, so that's one flashback. And then, like, years later is the next flashback when she's with them and she's driving the getaway car. Which I did not pick up on that, that that was like years later. But they're like, yeah, Lynn looks a little bit older. Her uniform is a lot different. Like before her uniform was like more of a, just a kind of a recruit. And now her uniform is like full metal bending kind of regalia. Which yeah, I I didn't really realize that. It doesn't really make a difference to me. No, but Um, it's, it's just one of those like gratifying details. Uh, the yeah. amount of thought and detail put into that more yeah. than I would ever recognize on a single watch through for sure. Right. So, uh, so Suyin uh, is driving the getaway car after they steal something and Lin catches her and then Suyin tries to get away. Then Lin wraps her arm and then Suyin cuts it. And then that cable is what gives, um, is what gives Lynn the scars that she has over her cheeks, over her cheek. And then they also flash back to where Toph is just trying to deal with the situation, which I love. I love that the family's messed up. <laughs> I know that sounds weird to say, but not everything ends in happy endings. Like siblings tend not to get along a lot of times. Like there's there's a lot of resentment that goes on between siblings often. Um <laughs> And especially between these two, I much rather have this story than having just some good old goody goody tissue kind of deal. Like Lynn is, like, like if if they had such a great upbringing and Lynn was still the way she is, I don't think that will be bad storytelling because there will be nothing to support her being that way. But I, but I get it now. It, it it's not my favorite thing to watch. Uh, you know, just. No, one of those things I enjoy watching, but it does feel very real. Uh, it informs not just their characters, but also Toph's character beyond Avatar mm-hmm. The Last Airbender in a really yeah. interesting way. Uh, one of those where, I, what's what do the young people say? Like, they didn't have to go that hard, but it's, mm. it's very deep and very detailed. Yeah. Uh, so it ends with uh, Toph gets the their police report, she rips it up. She's like, Lynn, she's like, Suyin, you had to move. Go move your grandparents. And she's like, this is the only way I can deal with this. Like, I'm the police chief. I can't have a daughter who's stealing stuff. And uh, and that's how the flashback ends. And, and so you know Lynn has been kind of dealing with that, kind of in the back of her head, but that has informed the character a great deal. And while they're training, <laughs> um, <laughs> Lynn is just like, Suyin, we need to talk. And then, and then they fight it out. Uh, it's a pretty great fight. Like, I know nothing's going to kind of come up the fight. I know... It feels so, kind of oddly low stakes. Yeah, yeah, it's low stakes. Um, and so I I didn't have an issue. So one of my biggest issues with Marvel is that sometimes there's a fight, and I feel like it has zero stakes. Like sure, it's 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 great, it's greatly co- coordinated and stuff, great action. But I'm not into it. 
but I feel like it doesn't have stakes. Now, there's two ways you can have stakes. You can have character stakes, and you can have, I don't know, actionable stakes or, or results, like this bomb is going to Sort of real big-term story stakes. Yeah. Um, now, here, there's no... Yeah, big term story or or action or ticking time bomb type of stakes. It's just character stuff. Like this has this fight. It's not about the fight. It's about what's going on internally between these two that they gotta hash something out. Um, and then um, it's a great fight. And you can kind of tell that the the fight doesn't have that many like you know they're not trying to kill each other, especially because like the way that the crowd around is is kind of cheering them on. They would not be cheering on. So Yen, if she was like trying to kill her sister, that was oddly troubling or odd to me. Not bad. It's just like that's that's different. Yeah. Um, like I said before, you gotta you gotta remember, like bending in the Avatar universe is you know essentially yourself. It's just like it can be just like punching each other, right? Like if I got in yeah. a fight with with my best friend, which I got in fights before with friends. Like we know, we're not trying to beat the crap out of each other, but we we're but we're really fighting though, right? Like, but if I'm by, if I'm fighting someone that's my enemy, no, I'm trying to beat the crap out of them. Like, if I get them on the ground, I'm going to stomp <laughs> stomp them out. But when you find your friend, you know you're you're really fighting them, but also you're not trying to beat the crap out of them. It's there's there's just something like going on underneath. Yeah, that's reasonable. Um, which I'm kind of fighting a long time. I, I mean, I'm yeah, a grown man I, now. I, honestly, my sibling and and even just one of the four siblings, like for some reason, I decided to pick my fights against the oldest sibling. Which, if you're, uh, I mean, gosh, there's like a 15 year age difference between us. So, it, kids, if you're fighting your siblings, <laughs> target somebody a little closer to your age. But yeah. Um, this one just happens to be more intense because there is avatar magic involved. <laughs> yeah. High, very high level. It'd be like if you and your siblings yeah. were all MMA fighters and you decided <laughs> to have a sibling fight in which you wanted to harm but like, not maim one another. Yeah. Great um, <clears throat> fight. It's uh, great fight, though. So I feel like it has some emotional stakes in the fight. Um Ends up being a draw because Opal breaks him up, um, which is funny. I mean, so at one point, Cora's like, should we break up this fight? And Bowman's like, so you don't have siblings, do you? This is the way they uh, we talk sometimes. <laughs> um, oh, side note, um, PJ Brime, who voices Bolin, he, he says something funny in one of the episodes where, in this episode where he, uh, he's trying to kind of play it off about learning about learning metal bending is watching and he's like, Oh, I'm just looking for Pabu. Uh, you know, Oh, there he is. I, I should have felt him there. You know, nearly on my ear. Try to get that a, checked out. Probably venomous venom or something. To it. Yeah. What is, <laughs> yeah. It's got a venom. It's light, light. Yeah. Venom. <laughs> so in the commentary, they said, so that's all PJ there. I'm pretty sure we just wrote in the script, PJ improvise something. <laughs> like, he he tends to be the one that goes off script the most between, between really anybody. I don't think anyone else really goes off script. Especially, I'm pretty sure Jennifer Arnie does. Jennifer Arnie like she's like, nope, the script is perfect. I don't want to, I don't want to touch it. <laughs> and uh, and I forget the other guy's name who voices Mako, but PJ Bryan though he seems to have freedom to 
to rip. And I mean, that character calls for it, right? Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's the episode for the most part. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not really the episode for the most part. So they fight, they stop, um, and then by the end of it, um, Suyin and Lin kind of come to uh, an understanding. They're not in the, like, the lovey-dovey mode right now, which I feel like Suyin wants to be, but Lin is still like, mm, it's okay. Because Suyin is like, yeah, you should, you should you could live here. You could help me coordinate my dance routine and stuff like that. Um, oh, I forgot to mention, in the previous episode, we see Kuvira for the first time. Um, she's in the dance oh, yeah. routine yeah. where they're doing the flower dance thing. That's exciting. Yeah. We also see her in this episode. Uh, when Lynn is reading the newspaper, there's a picture of Kuvir on the newspaper. And apparently it's about like how she's the new head of security at Zalfu. Is this the episode with the magnet suit also? Yes. Yep. Time for step two, which is Julie cleans <laughs> up this mess. <laughs> yeah. Which I feel like, I think he used that technology to build the trains. I feel like the trains are... Yeah, I think it's like a foreshadowing to the magnet, uh, what is it, uh, yeah, I think magnetic fields keep the train like a hover, like yeah. hovering next to, but on the track. Yeah. Nice foreshadowing. As is the um, Cuvier bits, so they were really yeah, really, really were. laying out the tiles here. I like that. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, later on in the season, Cuvier actually has the line, and, and you're like, why did they like just hold on to this character? This character's definitely coming back, guys. We don't know what this person's going to do, but like, this character's... They've already gotten two nods in a row. They're not going yeah. anywhere. Which right now, she's you don't even notice her. You only notice her after you watch, rewatch the show. Um, but okay, so... Uh, but Lena's still like, how about I just visit you every now and then and, and not attack you? <laughs> and they're like, alright, that's fine. Which, I love that. I love that like their relationship is growing, right? Like, so I'm I'm gonna skip to end of the season, um, where where uh, Plea is like, you know, shooting off combustion bending to people, and Lynn has to be a decoy before she leaves. Like she might die. She's like she holds Suyin. She's just like, I love you, Sue. And then she goes off, right? So that's it's it's just such. Sorry, I'm I'm skipping way ahead, <laughs> but it's it's such good character relationship growth from from where we started an episode ago yeah. to to that point in the future, which I'm sure I will get back on and and bring up again when when we watch the episode. And actually, Bolin and Opal have another touching moment in here too, where Bolin yeah. being awkward, and and then they uh, so even there's just from last episode, which to me it's like. You damn kids, you're moving too fast. You shouldn't be snuggling up against sunsets and stuff. Right? That's outrageous. Uh, but mm, it's a cute, yeah. uh, it's a pretty cute, touching moment. Yeah. Um, okay, so the Zaheer part. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, did we, so what happens, did we jump what happens ahead too far one? in the last episode with what nope. Zaheer? No, we didn't. Okay. Um, and this one, he's still in Republic City. But now everybody knows Red Lotus is in Republic City. So it's like a citywide manhunt. And like the border's kind of been closed, or everything's being checkpoint. They have kidnapped a person <laughs> and hijacked his car, but he has to drive. And uh, and he's trying to get through security, 
And he ends up like his story ends up having holes in it, and the and the cop asks him to get out of the car, and he gets out of the car, and then he just runs away. And uh, and they have they have to kind of get a chase off from the cops, um, in this in the sense. So uh, so Sean, I pose a question, or I sent you a, a message, and this is where this is going to come in. This is a good time as any, I guess, yeah, to have not? this conversation. Um, so in the commentary, Mike Bryan was saying like. So their plan was to, you know, their, their original plan was to go to Republic City, kidnap Cora, because I thought Cora was in Republic City, and then kill President Ryko. <laughs> like, that was their plan. Uh, but Cora wasn't in Republic City, and so they didn't kill President Ryko, right? But then I got in my head, oh, they're supposed to kill President Ryko and not the Earth Queen. So... This is a, a verse match between the Earth Queen. Holy crap, I never thought about that. And and President Ryko. You uh, kind of cued me up what was coming, and I still didn't. I didn't piece <laughs> all that together. That's wild. Okay. Uh, this is somewhat a verse match of like which character, which character do you <laughs> would you have liked to be killed more than the other? Uh so. If you told me uh, kill and and just throw in jail for a very long time, uh, you know, Raiko is a jerk, but he feels more aligned to what our democracy behaves like, and somehow mm. that feels more acceptable. I don't know that it is, but it I get you, probably yeah. is. And so I'm going to go with that. And then just for fun, uh, am I going to jump the gun here? You can ask me about a literal fight between the two. Is that your next uh... Let's get into that next. Sure. Okay. But, yeah. Okay. So I'll, I don't know I'll what take, the point take... of that's going to be, but I'm excited <laughs> for it. Okay. So, um, I would rather, man, this is, I would rather kill President Ryko in this case. Um, he, I mean, he is, he was democratically selected. I would say that, uh, but he's fairly incompetent. Um, but more so is that even if he was killed. Because it's a democracy, he would easily be replaced, right? Uh, while the Earth Kingdom, the Queen was killed, and it went to crap. There's an immediate like, coup, which yeah, <laughs> makes like, it, what it, else are you gonna do? The whole Earth Kingdom went to shambles. It was so bad that they had to put all the power into Kuvira, who then. You know, that led to that whole thing. Like, if Ryko was killed, it'd be like, oh, man, okay. That's that's dark, man. You kill, kill Ryko. Okay, well, he wasn't really holding things together really anyway. He wasn't that helpful. Like, I think he's a better person bit than the Earth Queen. Bit more of a cog the machine feel. Yeah, like, I think he's probably a better person than Earth Queen. Probably a better... Nah, I'll just say he better at least, I mean, because... politics might be stupid, but he at least cares about politics. Yeah, well, the Earth Queen doesn't have to care about politics. Yeah, she right? just... she's like, my poll numbers. We're not polling anybody. Yeah, like... <laughs> she's like, I'm the queen. Um, I mean, granted, she 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 wasn't good to the people for the most part. They'd be understand. I mean, things were still fairly stable, but she was still, I feel like, overtaxing her people. Um, but still, things were stable in the Earth Kingdom. If there's a uh, relative air of stability that is uh, maybe better than horrifying chaos, obviously we like it when 
chaos and upheaval uh, hopefully leads to a path of, of improvement afterwards, but yeah. that sounded very anarchist for me. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's interesting. We're, we're at two different sides on that. It's a uh, good, good conversation. No, you make some stellar points of like, at least Raiko, like the next Raiko <laughs> guy is going to step up. So, okay. You know, I, from Zaheer's standpoint, it's like, you know what? You're right. Killing Raiko, what's that going to do? Yeah, go get that, yeah. Queen. That's a way better plan. That's a way yeah. better patch of land that you're gonna gonna muck with right there. That's brilliant. Nicely yeah. done, Chris. Well done. <laughs> uh, we should, maybe we should do a what if video one day on like what if Cora like was in Republic City and he did kill Raiko. He kills Raiko, and then the vice president's like, "I'm up," and everybody's like, "Okay," and then <laughs> and then he's and so like, he was like, "Dang it! I didn't account for democracy." Well, what if they didn't have democracy when he got thrown in jail and he wasn't keeping up with like CNN in there? And so he gets out and he's like, what oh. is this? <laughs> he he's got to no read, read all these manuscripts about like uh, like how democracy came to be through history. And, gotta, and so, yeah, he's not familiar. And uh, but whereas empirical system, uh, not in, what am I thinking? Em- imperial, empirical. What's that? The numbers. Yeah. Imperial. He He gets that. He knows, you know, you cut the head of the snake yeah. off or whatever. So that would actually yeah. be really funny, the what if video. And he's like, what's a vice president? And they're like, well, it's the next guy that becomes the president. And he's like, I guess we've got to kill them too. How many people well, we got to kill? Takes, and they're like, <laughs> like, like, what is the United States line of succession? There's um, at least 10 of them. Like, There's, there's, a, there's, there's a lot. If you don't but, mind, I'll do a quick Google just, just for fun. Let's learn something here. I, so. th- I think we're pretty set. List of for like, people. you got to kill a 15 lot of people. people at least got to be kill until we're like questioning things because then goes the president okay. the vice president, vice president the speaker, speaker of the, of the house, house president That's all pro I know. tempore of the senate secretary of okay. state uh it looks like there's 14 or 15 descript uh one secretary of the treasury is <laughs> five secretary of defense attorney general oh i like that Secretary of the Interior, Secretary of Agriculture, Secretary, Secretary of Commerce, Agriculture, Secretary of Labor, Secretary of Health and Human Services, Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, Secretary of Transportation, Secretary of Energy, Secretary of Education, Secretary of Veterans Affairs, last but not least, Secretary of Homeland Security. And I all thought I thought Homeland say, Security would have been higher than like agriculture. So weirdly and enough, it's it's hard to describe uh, if you just go to Wikipedia and look it up yourself. Uh, presidential succession, Se- Homeland Security and Secretary of Energy don't have a number. So like energy is between fourteen and fifteen, but it's not numbered. And then uh, Homeland Security is after sixteen, but it's not numbered. So there's some there's some variability to that. So all I can say is. If you're the Secretary of Veterans Affairs and you're just looking at this list of people like, this is bullshit. <laughs> or better yet, as uh, as Zaheer is killing one after the other. And like at a certain point, they don't understand the pattern yet. You know, they get down to like the Secretary of State and then you're like, oh, I get what he's doing. And then down at number 16, Secretary of Veterans Affairs, like, I'm out. But I'm, I'm curious here. Like, when, when was this all? Was this built into the constitution in the beginning of the country's uh origin because this like says... to think if they thought if they thought really hard about this random situations but didn't really think about slavery <laughs> they're like hmm what if this situation comes up where 
all these Listen, events happen. Forget the black people. Let's talk about the next presidents. Yeah, but what if there's a black president, sir? Uh, was <laughs> he born in America? Well, about? he's 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 black. We probably don't have documentation, so we don't know. Is that um, this this says 1947? Oh, really? Okay. Is is when the act? But I think. Uh, and, and don't quote me on this, but I I think like the vice president stepping up and that that could have been in the original constitution, that but that this had full to succession. I, I, and the speaker of the house wasn't. Was there? I don't think there was a house. No, 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 no there was definitely a house. I'm anyway, not as not well important. versed in like civics history as I should be, so I can't <sighs> confirm. I know I I would be surprised if at least like the vice president that next step or two weren't established much earlier. But then in '47, like yeah, I mean honestly, a lot of them were president. We gotta we gotta have an order. Uh, but I mean like senators were being killed just in random <laughs> duels and stuff. Like they've That's... had to have some type of success. Like and they were like in Washington was actually fighting in wars. Yeah, he was. <laughs> He was doing stuff, you know. Uh, it does so even in that succession list, you can still be skipped over if you're not a natural born citizen because you can hold those other things yeah. if you're not natural born and at least 35 years of age and a resident of the United States for 14 years. So you could still get imagine skipped being over. like 34. You're and, the 34 year old Secretary <laughs> of Veteran Affairs, and then yeah. Zahir kills everybody else, and he's like, I don't even have to kill this guy for another six months, and he's like, All right. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> Can I just leave? Yeah, you're fine. Okay. Now, where's the Secretary of Homeland Security's house? I bet Republic City will now build in into a, like, oh, man, there's assassins coming after us? All right, we need to build in some line of... They're early there. enough in Republic City's lifespan that maybe they only had a president, vice president thing set up. They hadn't, th- they hadn't thought this out yet. I don't think they have a vice president yet. Well, then Zahir's um, plan would have worked great. I mean, but still, they would have I think they would have had enough infrastructure in place to Wait. to um, to have a vote. Let's let's what if that at some point. So okay. I know it would yeah. be cutting off the the season differently, right? But the what? Let's do the what if he had gone to Republic City and killed Raiko because Cora was there, and then the next guy steps up. We can run that. That'll be fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, that's pretty much the. The episode. Oddly, you know, sometimes we get uh, <laughs> oh, sometimes we didn't do, we, have we did social not... discussions, but this was pure civics. I like that. <laughs> uh, we did not discuss the who would win in a fight between the Earth Queen and President Raiko. This was just a gut instinct, and it's super pointless. And I get it, just a gut instinct, but I get the feeling that President Raiko has like some sense of 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 like. Uh, to me, I can see his platform being up. Like I'm just just a common citizen of Republic City. Just like all of you, right? Like, uh, like maybe lower middle class, this occasional street scraps and things. I feel like I'm gonna take President Raiko, even, uh, even nah, if he, he's wearing he a suit or whatever. You know, I don't. To me, he has like that uppity, I'm better than you, bougie feeling to him. So I don't think he's like middle class. I think he's like lower, upper class. Like that's a weird phrase. But... I get what lower upper class. <laughs> The upper class, and he on the lower end of it. I get you. I get you. You really think the Earth Queen uh, and fight? Is the Earth Queen or so Earth Bender? I, She's not a Bender, is she? I, I, we don't know if she is or not. Her father was not. Uh, I'm taking the Earth Queen. She's way more vicious. I mean, she ate her her dad's polar bear. Uh, po- not polar bear. She ate her dad's bear, according to legend. She has those nails that I'm sure will come in handy to strike people. She's just more tenacious all around. 
He seems like a, a worm. I'm taking her in the fight. No kidding. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if there'll be characters in that Smash Bros. clone game. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else has bending and super moves, and they just come out and throw like <laughs> throw red tape and other metaphors yeah. at you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely taking her. Interesting. Oh, tell us what you think. Who's gonna win a fight? I think I think uh, Raiko's got some semblance of like street smarts to him, and that was probably his his platform to get elected. Mm-hmm being the common man but i mean just there's also one scene where core grabs his chin and he does nothing so to me he has no type of self-defense right if someone grabs my chin i'm like your, your instant not... reaction is like an up and out you know yeah exactly i guess nothing for that all those self-defense all those natural instincts that we as people do have uh mine all go to waste on trying to avoid being tickled um because I'm extremely tight. So you get close to me, you could be tapping me on a shoulder. It doesn't matter. He's going to tickle me. Right. Sometimes I I fight my daughter and, and we get, we don't, but most times it's just like wrestling, but I get her in this like UFC, you know, the UFC crucifix move. Yeah. Where, yeah. So they like can wrap the leg around the arm and they can just punch their face. Right. Uh, It's really hard to get them. Sometimes I get my daughter that move and her armpits are free. (laughs) And I just tickled the crap. Our pitch is like, ah, 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 no, stop, stop, I'm going to pee myself. Stop, so you're stop. laughing, but to me, that's torture. And I'm, I'm crying inside for her. It's hilarious. I just, my wife to this day will use tickling to get what she wants. Like, I'm a grown ass man, and my wife will tickle me to get her way. That's funny. But, uh,. <laughs> All right, well, let's put those two in a fight someday. I'll be angel. We'll put a poll out. I know that three people will answer that poll. You know, I, I'm going to put out a Twitter poll. Yeah, I think we should. I think we should. I need to start putting polls out on the Facebook. Well, not Facebook. Well, actually, I'm not do that. I need to start putting polls out on YouTube because I can do that. Um, I just don't. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> gotta, that's, that's a status symbol, too. Like, you got to hit a certain number of... Uh, followers yeah. or subscribers before you can do it and you can you have the power chris i do yeah that's exciting i don't think i've ever done a poll before now I think about it this should be the first one use that power <laughs> Come to uh, all right so yeah that's the episode oh the episode ends with uh zaheer knowing mm-hmm. like he's meditating he's like she's she's with the metal clan so somehow you're like oh he somehow knows that she's in the metal clan one of those things that kind of makes me mad, but I'm going to let it slide. It's fine. Let it slide, Sean. I will. I just, <laughs> for what it's worth, as we go through the season, I have all these complaints. Like, you still have to know that, uh, and someday we'll look at the ratings and we'll decide scientifically, mathematically. Uh, but my gut instinct is usually that this is maybe my favorite season, despite these things yeah. that I like to complain and, 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 and get mad at. So I know three yeah. out of the four I really like, but. Uh, my get usually pulls me to this one as a favorite, so despite the complaints. Anyway, Chris, let's talk about some ratings. All right. And so, maybe they'll even be in the right order. Let's see. All right, party, they are. Idle Visual, eight and a half. I really enjoyed the fight with uh, Su Yin and Lin Beifong. That was really great. Uh, that's mostly the highlight there. Um, Usual wise, this, this episode, along with the previous episode, the music was done really well uh it's pretty subtle but it's done uh really really well um also i haven't haven't um we talked about this but i feel like suyin's voice actress is really good she has this old well, kind of old hollywood feel to her 
that I feel like matches Su Yin. And also it's a good um it's a good I don't know, dichotomy with with uh, Lin Beifong's voice actress. So great job there. Uh eight and a half on audiovisual so story, eight and a half. I love the story between this family. I feel like it really humanizes Lin and Su Yin and especially Toph. Um which it doesn't paint Toph in the best light or picture, but that's it's humanity fair. right there. It's I mean, cool. I don't know. It's yeah. To me, it's not out of character at all, it right? Toph didn't. Real. Yeah, Toph's parents were um, <clears throat> didn't didn't give her that much freedom, so she gave her children a lot of freedom, and they both internalized that very different ways, which led them down very different paths uh, in life. Um, oh, someone I wanted to mention. A slight theory that I had when, in a flashback, Lin is talking to Yusu Yuan. She's like, gosh, you have so much potential and you're wasting it. And so Republic City, you know, one of the kind of monikers of Republic City is like everyone is living up to their true potential. And that, I mean, that would have came from Su Yin. So I feel like in a way, Su Yin was inspired by what Lin told her about living up to your true potential and, and building the city. And so maybe a little bit part of her has always kind of carried her sister with her and, you know, had regrets and stuff like that. Because I feel like while Toph embodies that to a certain extent, um, I've never heard Toph being like, oh, you got to live up to your true potential and stuff like this. And, and, and that it wasn't about Toph really living up to her true potential. It was about Toph um, kind of um, not letting, um, experimenting and and being inventive like that that's more of tough to me not necessarily about living up to your potential but i feel like maybe those words from lynn really echoed in su yin's ears about living up to her true potential like she took one thing away from lynn that happened to be a very good thing yeah. I, th I think the years uh, in between now in the flashback you know you can kind of guess what lynn did but it's really hard to think about what su yin did and uh, or to specify, I would be more yeah. interested in that side with all due. She's actually, so she went to go join the circus. She, oh, she traveled the world essentially. But I want those saucy details. But another time, I keep interrupting you. Let me see. Right, fine. Uh, memorable gave an eight just because, like, I'm just like, all right, I'm just like, I love this episode. Um, but also, I know, like, all right, this this season's about to like kick off really hard. And I'm often just waiting to get to that. But it was really nice seeing Toph. I probably could have easily gave, given this eight and a half for memorable because it was nice seeing Toph again. But anyway, 8.4 out of 10. These just, they, they just build up really nice um, to the bigger part of the season, which right around the corner. My ratings, uh, pretty similar. Uh, a little lower. We kind of flip-flopped last episode. I liked a smidge more yeah. than this and then vice versa. Audiovisual, again, I love the sights, the sounds, the fights. I like the, the grainy flashbacks and all that. The story, it it's, what's the phrase? We're talking about 7.5. That's like context is, is key here, people. It's not a harsh bashing. It's a little too heavy-handed. Like, Su Yin is a little too much of a monster, and Lin is a little too much of a monster. <laughs> and they both really piss me off more than I want to be mad at at, at a, a episode of this show. Uh, it it's a really minor detail overall. It's still a nice story. And again, a good gateway to the rest of the, this excellent season right here. Memorable, you know, the fight itself 
is memorable and the flashbacks overall are, are memorable. I wouldn't say that any part sticks out and makes me just want to jump back into this episode. Uh, but the what what's there is good and sticks. So 7.8. And again, it rounds very similarly to an 8.1. So very respectable rating for quote-unquote part two of the Metal Clan uh, duology. Let's use that word, duology. Chris, final thoughts. Uh, I really really like this episode. Really uh, like those flashbacks there. Great to see. Oh, just that difference between those two characters. I feel like Legend of Korra um, is things are a lot more human in Legend of Korra, and that's one of the things I like about it over Avatar. Um, not that I think it's a better show than the original Avatar, but there's certain aspects of it that I think does better. Than, it it than feels Avatar. more real. Uh, or what did you, yeah, human. That's a, I'm going to, that's a better word than real. It feels more just yeah. actual human more than, um, than just a sort of nice young adult fiction, I guess. Well, uh, regardless, very, very excited for the next uh, the next several episodes. Basically, every episode from here to the end of the series is pretty jam-packed with big stuff. So getting to a really exciting point. I think the next one, though, uh, Original Airbenders, is... Uh, that one's a little... Pause. That's like the, the calm before the storm. It is, and it's... A, it, well, it's also such a strange... Uh, not strange... It's divergent, has different style, different differ tone, has different tone to it than the rest mm-hmm. of them. It's still very unique, and that's always interesting to get. So, yeah, we'll do that. Uh, I don't think we're uh, we're going to try to stay away from tangents for a few weeks here and get on <laughs> into the story, uh, but we appreciate all of your patience with that. In the meantime, I got nothing else, so I'm Sean Shaler. That's my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter fame. And you can find our our social mediums, media. We're last underscore podcasters, or we have a Facebook page, Facebook at Avatar the Last Podcasters. And come interact with us. Tell us who would win in a fight. Uh, I already forgot his name. Raiko, or what's the Earth Queen's name? She got a real name, doesn't she? I don't know her name. The, the Earth Queen is her stage name. Or is her ring her ring name? Pardon me. So yeah, tell us who would win a fight. We'll make Chris try to pull and see what that looks like. And in and meantime, who would you rather be assassinated? Who would you rather? That sounds horrible out of context. <laughs> it does, I know, right? Uh, please uh, word your responses to that question carefully. In the meantime, my name is my name is John. That's Chris. Thank you so much. Get put for on an FBI watch list. <laughs> We're going to get blacklisted from YouTube. Be like, no, no, no. We're just talking about cartoon characters. It's okay. (laughs) Thanks a ton for watching, everybody. We will catch you next time.